With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Yes, listeners, it is the 5 Plan podcast. Returning after Palace have lost Aston Villa, but we will be discussing that and, of course, the FA Cup win at Southampton. We're also going to go back in time uh, for in this week, see what happened in the past, and we're going to look forward to Palace's trip to Man City. So join us for an hour of Palace chat. Right. <clears throat> yes, listeners, it is the Five Year Plan Podcast. Yay. Pod 164, sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com and Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a... Okay. 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 Is it my imagination have we stopped doing so well since JCIS got involved sponsoring us? <laughs> Well, this is Vector in the old days. We were going along quite nicely, weren't we? No, we had JCIS earlier this season. Earlier this season when we were doing quite well. No, it's just that when we're doing badly, you look for sort of extraneous things to blame, uh, like okay, the cat right. walking the wrong way through the room or yeah. Yeah. someone turning up uninvited at your house. She won't be doing that again. Yeah. And he won't be doing that again. Yeah. Either. <laughs> either the cat or the uninvited guest. Um, right, so we've had two games since the last part. Actually, hang on, I've got to introduce you lot, haven't I? Andy Street? Hello. James Endicott? Hello. Kevin Day? Hello. Um, there's been two games since the last pod. Uh, really? Yes, two games. Yeah. One, a win and a defeat. But I think after the, the Villa game on Tuesday night, uh, everyone's kind of forgotten about the Southampton game, which of course was... Well, after the cup draw as well, everyone's forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> what, during the one show? Jeez. <laughs> I didn't watch it, actually. Oh, they might I was have... otherwise engaged. Yeah, and they followed the cup draw with Tracy Allman going, I don't like football. Brilliant. Well, they, they did a slightly strange sh- thing, didn't they, yeah. where after each team had been drawn out, they had someone in a shirt walk forward and then shake yeah. the person who's in the shirt that they were drawn against, yeah. which was just bizarre. It was kind of like FIFA meets Last of the Summer Wine yeah. in terms it of presentation. Was, it was like a human wall chart of misfits. Yeah. 
in Premier League shirts. Why was it on the one show? Oh, good question. I mean, because to make it mainstream and popular. And I was so upset. With well, the, the fact that the f- football is not mainstream anyway. Yeah. Because it? it's, it's, a, it's a very niche sport, isn't it, football? I was so annoyed at Tracy Allman laughing at football. I was going to suggest that we all laughed at her show, but then it was impossible. Because but I, I would say funny, keep, keep off the TV for another 30 years, Tracy. Yeah. There's, a right, reason, okay. there's a reason why, there's a reason why you're not being on the TV right. for 30 years. Let's, yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the Southampton game. Because... Um, I'm we sure scored a goal, didn't we? Two, but yeah, two, two goals from two open goals. play, yeah. wow. which hasn't happened much this season. Um, still no goals from our strikers, but um, Palace through to the fourth round of the cup. So is this going to be the season? Somebody asked me a question at work the other day about Zahar. Why does he not count as a striker? Zahar! I don't know. Because he plays sort of out wide, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's still forward. He's still a, striker, he's still a forward he? player, isn't he? still... Hmm. Do you just count one player as a striker? But well, would you even say that there are strikers anymore? Because the way that we... Well, that's a bit existential. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not wow. so, certainly not in Palace games. I mean, no, obviously not in Palace yeah. games. But um, everyone plays with one guard front now, and I think Pretty it's not much, like a traditional yeah. striker, is no. it? It's more a forward, and they have to do yeah. a, a more than just right. score goals. In Palace's case, not even, not even that. Um, but you could argue as well uh, that when Balassi scored his goals against Newcastle, he was playing as a striker. Yeah. Yes, so all these was. stats yeah, yes. about Palace's strikers not scoring, mm. some of them are in that position. But um, it, it doesn't take away from the fact that we're not very good at scoring goals. Yeah. Apart from in the FA Cup, of course. Yeah. Well, the Southampton result felt like a typical Palace result this season. Resilient, well-organised, mm. taking chances that came along and then defending really well. And I... Still gave me no optimism for the Villa game whatsoever because their league form has just been—it's been coming that that performance. We just haven't. Yeah, we talked about Swansea and Bournemouth, Villa before Christmas. It really should have been nine points. Yeah, Chelsea game was what it was. We ended up getting two points at Swansea, Bournemouth, Villa. Probably all we deserved because Bournemouth, especially Swansea at home, was a really tepid performance. We've been kind of getting away with it for a while, but. The thing with the Villa game, it was it's one of those things, it was so bad, apparently. You were there, Jim, so you can tell yeah. us, but it sounded like it was so bad, you kind of can't take it seriously, really. I was talking about this today with my son, Travis, and we were saying the fact that the performance was so bad, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. In fact, if, if we'd have played quite well and and, yeah. and just and just not been as good as we should have been, yeah. the fact it was so appallingly bad... It's just like, let's just put it to one side. But I'm almost sick of saying, should we just put that game as being yeah, a bad yeah. day? Because we, we say that too many times on this pod. Or let's just put that, put that performance down as being a bad day, shall we? It's getting to the point where every day is a bad day. I well. blame Clattenburg. Clatten- I thought Clattenburg reffed it really well. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter. But as soon as Palace... <laughs> 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 You've got to blame somebody. No, no, because as soon as Palace players see his name on the team sheet, they just think, well, we ain't going to get anything. Yeah, so they true. don't bother, as simple as that. So. To be fair, he, no one ever wants to say it after a game like that. But Clattenburg reffed it. Did he almost perfectly? Did he not move the post though in the first minute? Uh, possibly, I'm sure but there is, there is. I did have a, as you know, as I emailed just. I had a bad feeling about yesterday because I said there's still enough of the old residual palace to make you think that if you want to end a losing run, you want to play us. But I was quite embarrassed this morning. So I only have one corner against a team who are going to go down in history as one of the worst Premier League teams ever. For us to go away from home. I don't know. You said Villa played well. They played well, very well. But that's, doesn't, that still doesn't matter. We're, they're not as good a team. They weren't as good a team as Wickham on Saturday. Yeah. They're not as good a team as we are. Hmm. And the fact is that I, even when we went one 0 down, and with a sort of goal that if my mum was here, she would have said money's changed hands quite clearly. <laughs> even when we went one 0 down, I expected us. I expected us to. I thought there'd be a barrage, and there wasn't. And it's just. Well, one should of those we go to our up. resident goalkeeper critic Andy Street yeah. for that one? But. I'm yeah, talk us through it, Andy. Yeah, come on, Andy. <laughs> he nutmegged himself, Andy. 
I've never seen a goalkeeper not look himself. It's incredible. <laughs> you're, pre- you're preaching to the converted. <laughs> It's got to the point now where whether Wayne Hennessy plays well, plays badly, doesn't play at all, I get a barrage of tweets after every match, so that's quite nice. Um, I've never said that he's a bad goalkeeper. I think he's marginally better than McCarthy. He's probably our best goalkeeper. I thought some of the praise for him earlier in the season was just a little bit uh, disproportionate to the way he was playing. I thought he was being given a little bit of an easier ride than McCarthy was when he was making mistakes, which weren't punished I'm not going to overreact to him making a mistake like that despite the fact that I do still have sort of question marks in my head about how good he is in terms of I know we've mentioned it before his feet but like, yeah. it's uh, his uh, hands weren't very good last night his hands weren't very good last night um, you know I, I don't think it's not one that we need to massively overreact to because there will why occasionally not? <laughs> <laughs> well, why have, not actually bearing in mind you've overreacted to his feet position in the past. <laughs> now you're not overreacting to him nutmegging himself no, no, Yours. no one likes a sore he's winner. a ballerina mate he's a ballerina that boy <laughs> no, wonder you're a, no wonder you're a lawyer jeez <laughs> I'm not about judging based on outcomes. If he's made a mistake, he's made a mistake. You don't react any differently if it's led to a goal or if it's not no, led to a goal. A I, thought um, it was, I thought it was good that MacArthur came out and publicly mm-hmm. backed him today in an interview. MacArthur's done one of his now trademark apologies <laughs> to Palace fans, which are, which are, which are lovely, but I, I wish they were unnecessary. But I think it's right for the players to publicly... Back. I'm surprised that Pardew hasn't, because Pardew normally... Um, Pardew did say that, yes, it was a mistake, but also it didn't detract from the fact that there was a lot of mistakes yeah. for all the yeah. Palace players. You know, It wasn't just Hennessy, yes, it was the Well, goal, it only but... cost us one, one point, ultimately, in the same way that McCarthy's mistake against Spurs only cost us yeah, one fair. point, and against Man City only cost us one point. We yeah. weren't going to win that match any, in any event last night, and we weren't going to win the matches against Spurs or, or Man City, who could have you know, eaten a draw out of both of them. I, I was a little bit disappointed with the comments Hennessy had come out with before the match about McCarthy and about how he, he'd made a couple of bad decisions yeah. and he'd been then taken out of the team because of it. it just I don't know if it was one of those where his words were taken out of context or he was slightly misquoted or he just sort of said something rashly and then didn't really mean it. But it came across quite badly and it was one of those where after he'd said that you kind of just thought to yourself, because I, I read it before the match, I did just think he's going to do something tonight. Yeah, because it's interesting. Yeah. He talked about being patient, and he talked about McCarthy's mistakes. So that's what happens to goalkeepers. But he'd probably be ruining that now. Because I don't. I, it's, it's interesting how Palace fans. There's a sort of denial about all football fans, but they go straight for Hennessy rather than the actual. Well, it's just easy to go for Hennessy, isn't it? Performance, but I, it's not Pardew's not going to drop him. He has to be fair. He's made some really. No, I don't think he should. The only no. thing I've ever said is that I think he should be held to the same standards that McCarthy I was. If you're going to criticise him, and also none of I don't think any of us have ever said that he's the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. He's a he's a, a not bad Premier League goalkeeper. So mm. no, I, th- I think. Ultimately, I mean, going back to what we're talking about in terms of the performance, we've overperformed at times this season. And ultimately, if you're looking at sort of the median level of how the team are going to perform, there's going to be a period when they're going to, you know, have a bit of a dip. And we're having that dip at the moment. And it'll be rare that you'll end up seeing a Palace performance as bad as as it was up at Villa, or again, Villa even playing as well as as, as that again. So probably don't want to overreact too much. But we have been conceding a lot of shots this season. We've got a goalkeeper who at times does things that are slightly suspect albeit that you're better than anyone else that we've got in the squad and that combination means eventually you're going to concede a couple of soft goals here and there um, and that's ultimately what happened but I think yeah, the, the main focus surely has to be on the lack of attacking edge and the sort of one Definitely. dimensional what, what? element to our play we don't seem to be able to switch it up Astros, we have I one think, way I of think, playing Aston excuse me Aston Villa may have played quite well yesterday and probably their best performance of the season but they were still there for the taking yeah. they are still not a good team and if we'd have had any threat up front mm. 
and we, we would have won that well, game. I think there's two. I think in, in the long run, the lack of goals actually starts to put pressure on the defence because the defence know that if they concede one, we're mm. probably not going to win the game. Yeah, yeah because we're not going to score two. But the other fact is as well, there was a couple of sensible tweets from people at the game last night. You said, yeah, the striker thing is what it is, but. If we had, if we had Messi up front, we probably wouldn't have scored yesterday because no one was getting the ball to him. It's a lack of creativity in midfield yeah. is, is as much a problem as a striker. And we've, you know, Bournemouth have spent nearly twenty million quid on strikers hmm. in the past five six days. It, it probably won't do them that much. You know, they've spent we've, on real quality. So. We've spoken before on this pod though about how when things aren't working, uh, Pardew doesn't often seem to have much of a plan B because hmm. yesterday up front, even at half time. A lot of the Palace fans in the away end still couldn't work out who was playing up front. Yeah, right, Sacco, right. yeah. Punchin, and Wilf as a front three, sort of, and it really wasn't clear who was the yeah, main striker. Yeah. And some, at some point, there was no one on right midfield, so Joel Ward had three players almost yeah, yeah. overlapping him. Um, so it, it does seem that when things aren't going right, and we've mentioned it before, that there doesn't always seem to be another plan, Andy, does there? I mean, I, I thought, and Kev will love me for saying this. I thought last night, and no, it's not about anything like that. I thought last night was crying out for us to play a 4 4 2. I yeah. thought there was no way they were going to yeah. dom- dominate the centre and midfield. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it would give us a different element to the manner in which we play. At the moment, you know exactly how we're going to set up. And you know, if we don't have fit strikers, we're going to try and model through by having the front three swap about and hope that one of those combinations ultimately works for a period in the match. I thought last night, you know, you're playing against a team with a low in confidence. If you can play a sort of pressing 4-4-2 similar to what Leicester effectively play against them then it's yeah. going to cause them some real problems and it's, it is just a bit one dimensional yeah I agree um, uh, we have though and this is this is going to sound like an excuse um, we have had a lot of injuries mm-hmm. and players that even played last night Wickham came on still not fully fit Shemak came on not fully fit Sacco started not particularly fit and, and sort of played like a man that lack of death fit. isn't it Yannick is still out yeah. Um, but Shemak, with all due respect, Shemak Wickham, Sacco is a championship player as far as I'm concerned, a good championship player, but I think it was you who described him as Darren Ambrose. In yeah. He might get you a goal because he's got a really yeah. powerful yeah. shot with both feet, but he's not the solution. Shemak's not the solution. Wickham, I think, he's a really good player, but he needs other good players around him. And he, but Wickham's not going to score the goals. You can't bring him on as, you know, and then where's Gale? Where's, you know, Gale looks like he's going to Norwich or QPR. Hmm. We've had four or five weeks of, of Pardew saying we need Gailey in the squad. Now he's in the squad and he's not getting on the pitch. I don't, I quite, don't quite understand the logic. And just, there's no one else. There's simply no. There's no options from the bench. There's no. And that's why I, I quite agree with Andy. Is that I, I think we were right to get rid of Murray, but still that that this, that option should be open to us with mm. another. You know, put Wickham on, but also put him on with a, with Fraser Campbell or with Gale. Play a four four two. Play something different. Mm. I mean, it's a bit of a worry at the moment as well that whenever Balassi's out of the team, we just look like a, a side that has very little purpose or sort of knows or how energy. it's going to get at teams. Or energy, yeah. Or, or energy. I mean, I know we play in a certain way that relies upon sort of that direct, mm. attacking, fast wing play. And I know that Balassi sort of personifies that. But you need to have some sort of plan B if, if Balassi's not available. We, we can't and surely haven't got to the point where you know, we're a one-man team to the extent that if Balassi's out, we might as well give up against anyone in the Premier League. And that's something that probably needs to be addressed in the window. I mean, we've we've always known this since the beginning of the season, that, you know, if Wilf and Yannick are not on fire, then there's not a lot else going on there, really, you know. And it's it's and it's really proved it with Balassi being out and Wilf not on top of his game at the moment. It's proving it. And I, but I'm, I'm really concerned about the middle of the park. I'm concerned about McCarthy. I'm concerned about... 
I'm, I'm just concerned the, 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 the lack of creativity, the lack of somebody who's in the middle of the park just grab everyone and say, come on, what, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing here? We're playing against a terrible team. We, what, what's so we happening here? We had players in our we, squad that do that. Ken Nat came on. Where did Kabai start last night? Why is Kabai, well, Kabai should be playing behind the forwards, yeah. such as they are. Kabai, we don't need Kabai. Was he there? Kabai. I mean, I don't know. Well, again, the midfield, you, you weren't really sure who was playing. Why is Kabai? Kabai is one of the most creative midfield players we've had for ages, and he's stuck in front of the back four away at Villas. There's no... There's no logic to that. I mean, I, 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 I'm not necessarily sh- sure that I agree that he should play right behind the strikers because I don't think it's always been effective when we tried it um, for sort of periods of matches this season. But I completely agree that him and MacArthur should have been sort of given the license to roam yeah. a bit further forward and try to at least play the game a little bit in their half and maybe playing that sort of Leicester type four four two might have been conducive to that. Instead, they were dropping a bit deep. And you didn't know quite whether it was. Kabai and MacArthur who were supposed to be covering that deeper area or Ledley I mean there just didn't seem to be a lot at times Kabai was up in that number 10 position yeah. but then was dropping a bit deeper at times as well you didn't quite know who was responsible for what and I'm not sure the players did either to well, a certain look, extent but the, the Newcastle game was a classic we, I mean this is almost this is the equivalent of the Sunderland game at home where we played we were having the same moment yeah. but then against Newcastle against a team that were lacking confidence like Villa were MacArthur played much further forward mm-hmm. and drove forward far, far he got in the box much more than he has been and that worked. So you, you, that's what you do to teams with And we, we thought when to up top, he actually tweaked yeah, it yeah. to go a bit more to attacking. To a bit more attacking, yeah. With Wickham, you know. So it's, it, I, that confuses me a little bit. The, the, I'm with James here, the sort of defensiveness of the middle, especially away at Villa. I mean, because there are times, at City, of course, you go to the Etihad, and of course that's how you set up. Yeah. But, and the trouble is at City, we already just know City. We can't stop City scoring. And as soon as they score, the game's over. Basically, of course, you know things would have if if that if that chance in the first minute had gone in from mm. Wilf, then you know we'd be sad, and I'm sure we'd have come away with three points. Well, yeah, but yeah. that's my granddad but, you know, used to say. If my auntie had bollocks, she'd well, be my uncle. So, well, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> but what I'm saying, you know, it's. it's <laughs> Yes, yeah. just, it's just well, fine margins with confidence it's, it's, as well because we're, like, we're, we're a team lacking in confidence. We are, well, we're lacking like, confidence. Yeah. Yes, yes, and I know we sort of brushed over the Southampton victory, and it was great to see us score a couple of goals. But ultimately, as we said on the pod before, it's it's about the league form, and the league form is it's not it's not really happening at the moment, is it? But is 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 it about league form? I mean, if I was to offer you this, would you would you rather finish seventh this season and go out of the cup in the next round, or would you rather finish eleventh or twelfth but get to the cup final? Cup the, final, the cup final, yes, of course. So is it really because of the position well, we're win, in? Win the cup final. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm offering you cup final. Not, not I'd rather finish. Well, who's <laughs> the cup final? Against, I think you need to see cup final against Brighton. Yeah, of course I'd want to no, win that's it. Not, well, that's not, not They're already out. But what, but what I find interesting is that there are some Palace fans and some journalists as well implying that our league form is suffering because we want to win the FA Cup. Because I, we want to... No, play, no, because, and you, the thing is, you can't, you, can't, you can't pick and choose, basically. And to be fair, in, in terms of our progress, I'd, I wouldn't want to finish 11th this season. Or tell, I'd want to, as I think we're in danger, we've got two really difficult games coming up. And I know I said in the last pod that we shouldn't, we should be, you know, as, as long as we see some progress, we should be happy. We shouldn't be disappointed if yeah, we don't get into yeah. Europe. But we'll still be disappointed if we finish 11th or lower than we did last season. And at the moment, that's, there's every possibility. That, I mean, I don't think, you know, I don't, you know Pardew, we should bear in mind that this is the way Pardew always works. It tends to go through spells of. of well, this this yeah. this but, this is the run that we were expecting at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that the, there would be a run of five or six games where Pardew mm. is a little bit lost and doesn't know what to yeah, do. But the worrying thing about last night is, by, by all accounts, first half they looked a good team. Take, take, come away nil nil then. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Come away with absolutely. the point. Well, if yeah. there hadn't been a howler from Hennessy, we yeah. would have come away with it. I think it's also more the fact that, like, even if the system hadn't been changed or whatever, they looked like on the pitch last night, like the players didn't really know what to do. Like, yeah. it was like, well, this isn't working. And then it just, they just played it out. Yeah. And there was, that, I think that's the most frustrating thing from a Palace squad that we all agree is the best we've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. And yet they couldn't really do anything to break down a, a poor but playing well Villa side. Yeah. So it, surely that's more of a concern than anything else, like scoring goals or keeping mistakes or anything. There's a, um, there's a, just to keep this up to date, there's a lyric from a song by Bowie. It was um, a well, song. Sounds to him recently. Oh, well, he'll, there's a, there's a, a, a lyric from one of his, a song of his on the Diamond Dogs album called Sweet Thing. There's a lyric in there which is very relevant to Palace. When it's good, it's really good, and when it's bad, we go to pieces. <laughs> yeah. I paraphrase it slightly, but yeah. But anyway, I just thought I'd put that in. A lot of Palace fans were going to pieces on Twitter last night, really, and it was—I mean, it, it really was a bit of a meltdown. How were they in the crowd? Because you were at the game. What was the what was the what were be, the fans like? It was it was like watching Palace four or five years ago, right. where actually you think, oh, well, we've lost and we're terrible, but you know. This, this is Palace. This happens. Yeah. It was almost. It like, doesn't really matter. We're in Birmingham. Exactly. Well, it's put, it put into perspective by the fact you know Brighton lost two <coughs> 0 at Rotherham. Yeah. So we. Charlton yeah. lost five 0 Yeah. I mean, we had we had a very. It was a very bad performance. It was embarrassing. But I think it was a one off. But it's interesting. I was working with a Villa fan in the office today, which was, oh. which was great. I don't know. Somebody managed to locate an Aston Villa garden gnome. <laughs> <laughs> kept turning up on my desk. Uh, good, luck, good luck with him trying to find it now. <laughs> but there's also uh, a pallet a girl in the office and she, she made a very good point as I was talking about well you know could be a Brighton fan and think back to 10 years ago and she went we can't can't keep going back to 10 years ago we can't keep saying what you know look what could have happened she said you, have, you can only compare with what happened a few weeks ago or, or a few mm. months ago and she made the very valid point that compared to recent history mm. we're going through a bad run but yeah. it is a bad run but it's not Disastrous, and the worst that can happen is after tonight's results, Wednesday will be tenth in the Premier League. Which, mm. yeah. again, it's probably a corollary of how well we've done. But despite, I think Andy's point, I forget you. What's the phrase you always use? Go regression back. to the mean. Regression to the mean. Yeah, we've got <laughs> <laughs> the, the teams that are above us. Are probably, yeah, West Ham are probably a better team than we are. We're probably a better team than Sunderland. There's so a very got, interesting stat about West Ham that Andy. Mentioned earlier. Oh, they, they, uh, again, oh. with the usual caveat that I've read it on Twitter, so I've got no yeah. idea if it's true or not. And uh, people can feel free to write it with fact correction. I believe they're on 31 points at the same time of the season last season and finished with 40. So right. as long as we don't limp home to that extent, I, I which think I don't we'll, think we will. I don't think we will. But my, the one thing I'm really worried about the striker situation is that I hope it doesn't indicate a lack of planning because the fact is that we all knew in September, October, that it was an issue. Mm. And we all assumed that it was going to be resolved early in the transfer window. And it looks like the way Pardew and Steve Parrish are talking publicly, it seems like we're not... We knew we in September, October 2013. Well, we haven't struggled for goal worse from a striker in the whole yeah. of the Premier League, absolutely. But yeah. it does make you wonder why it hasn't been redressed or, or what the plans are for redressing it. in Because you can't... You can't keep muddling through no. in the Premier League. And, of course, they are worth their weight in gold. And, of course, other clubs all over Europe will know that we've got a bit of money. And, we'll, and of course, you can never guarantee that somebody will come in from Italian football or French football or Swiss football and, mm. and score goals. And it, it, but it does make me wonder why 
you know, if we've noticed, you'd like to hope because we've talked about us being a more grown-up professional club, and this is kind of old Palace. Yeah, definitely. The result last night was old Palace, yeah. and this is kind of old, mm, yeah. old Palace as well. Much as we sort of, I know some Palace fans laugh about this non-striker scoring goals thing. It does worry me a little bit that it's been allowed to carry on. Yeah, and yeah, the way Pardew talks about Sacco being the answer, and she, you know, it's just. No. Yeah, we've got for the most part we've got we're really sort of the back four, including Hennessy, pretty much despite apart from last night are, are solid and good and mm. Premier League quality. It could buy McCarthy for very good players, but there is a problem up front, and it's, it does need to be it does need to be redressed. And it I not necessarily now. I don't think we we will spend a lot of money. Well, I don't, I don't think it's it's a, a lack of plan. I think it's that there's clearly. A uh, transfer policy apart from Kibai, where we try to find value and we try to find players who are undervalued by their clubs or undervalued by mm. football generally and try to get bargains. And you just can't get bargains when it comes to strikers unless you take a complete punt. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you take a complete punt, you can end up paying, you know, four and a bit million for Dwight Gale up front or whatever it was, you know, a, a yeah. guy who never played at Premier League mm. level before. Or you take a punt on someone foreign but completely unknown yeah. from a lower league in Portugal for example we took a punt on a young man from Brighton on free didn't we we did take well, a young actually yeah. but, but, but you know it's, it's, last it's, punt really that paid off got grabbing back they've got a phobia from Wolves they've got the mm. guy from Rome all of those I mean I spent nearly yeah, just because there's a bit of a myth about Bournemouth but little Bournemouth they've got a very very rich owner yeah. but they've spent an awful lot of money on strikers and, and the I think on average strikers which perhaps well, that's, shows that's, the problem that's, that's yeah, exactly. the, that, that yeah. illustrates exactly mm. what we're talking about the, the, you know, a striker who, who was at Bournemouth and then didn't do well at Norwich a, a championship striker and again a foreign striker that is a complete unknown mm. quantity and then obviously Murray must be pretty upset because mm-hmm. clearly he's not been the answer to their problems but like you say it does illustrate that it is a, it is a huge risk plashing money out now is a huge risk and you know the least risky option would probably be Charlie Austin and he would probably cost us 20 million quid now and I don't think it, I don't think it's worth doing I, I think the club would be right not to spend that sort of money on a player like Charlie Austin who probably would only get you six goals at most between now and the end of the season when but, but yeah, when we have bear in mind, as you said last week, we have got to seventh, or we did get to seventh, we got to fifth in the Premier League without goals without, strikers. Yeah. But we and are halfway got, through the transfer yeah, window yeah. now. We're halfway, we've, we've, we've played, well, yeah, 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 nearly, not, yeah, yeah. Not, not far off. And January is notoriously difficult to do good deals yeah. in. Yeah. You know, you, you end up sort of, of scrapping so. around uh, and the Pulis window in January a couple of seasons ago being the exception yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but generally it's pretty difficult to do good business and particularly good business for strikers in that window you know you get some teams who end up spending 50 million quid on Andy Carroll for Christ's sake yeah, in yeah. that window you know <laughs> January is usually particularly bad someone will now write in and go he was actually bought in August which yeah, will completely but, undermine yeah. my point <laughs> for now I'm sticking to it yeah but I, I, but I thought it was slightly odd Pardew's speech after the Southampton game well, before the Southampton game, his press conference got a lot of publicity saying we're not looking for defenders, we're not looking for midfield players, we're not looking for any of the people we've been linked with. There's a couple of strikers. Mm. But, you know, if, if we had a chance of signing Shelby, why not sign Shelby? Who'd get you five goals from midfield? Or would, would help other players? You know, I think Newcastle got a real bargain in Shelby. Pardew bought him through at Charlton. Yeah. Shelby loves him. He's a very dynamic midfield player. And I know, yeah, you say we're, we're blessed with players in the midfield department, but... It's not necessarily a striker that will unlock goals. Why not a creative midfield player? Especially the way we play. Yeah. So yeah. why do you why do you why do you sort of shut the door and say we're not we're definitely not looking for that sort of player? Well, 
I mean, Especially what, as we I mean, said that strikers are so hard to come by and worth their weight in gold. What's, I suppose what's said in, in press conferences and what is actually then executed as the, as the transfer but, policy might be two different things. But Possibly, yeah. But well, I mean, it, it does seem like the focus is on strikers and I think perhaps rightly so, but it's just going to be incredibly difficult to do a good deal for a good player at the right price in the January window. But surely saying things like that where just all we need is a striker puts two million quid on, a, on the transfer fee already. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But I... Do think we need an injection of something? Yes, the team. Yeah, we need an injection of something. If if not, just to wake everybody up yeah, and in that's the squad. What, that's what you I know, thought. And I think you know. And I think I think you're right. That's what I because it, it yeah. looked like last week that we were very close to signing him, or so the rumours seemed to be. And I thought I was really pleased because exactly mm. that's a really good way of putting mm. it: an injection of something, just an injection of enthusiasm. It just needs, it needs England, something England fresh. International, and we haven't got it. You know, we yeah, need you bring in a player in who's who's playing for his place in the Euros. Mm. Absolutely. Well, yeah. we yeah. need an injection of a break uh, to nice. end part oh, very one. Good. Nice. Very, very, very good. Two weeks very running. Good. Wow. Wow. Uh, and in part two, wow. we've got questions from our listeners. So, join us in a bit. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. <laughs> Cheer up, boys. Uh, Pod 164, sponsored by Vector Printing. For all your print and embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk, and that's Vector with a... K. K. Correct. And JCIS, you. you're welcome. <laughs> JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Uh, visit jc-is.com. Um, it's question time. And the first question comes in from Alan Bowles. Hi, Alan. Alan. Alan says, what do you make of our loan system, bearing in mind all our incoming loans over the past few seasons have been poor? That's a good question. Very good question, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, Sonogo, Bamford, who else? Those are the ones that spring to mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doyle was on loan, wasn't he? Doyle. AJ was a yeah, sh- short term. Right. I thought Doyle yeah, was on loan. He was on loan, he was competent though, wasn't he? But yeah. Oh, he wasn't, wasn't awful. I, I would, do you know what, we were talking earlier about strikers. I would expect in the window that if we do bring a striker, it'll probably It'll be just be someone online and mm. there'll be another meltdown what on you, Twitter. Yeah. Do you want to say what you said off air? That you proposed off air? What did loan? I propose? On loan? Who did I propose? Oh, Glenn Murray on loan. I'm, put, I'm, putting, <laughs> I'm putting money on it now. And then it'll be what? sort of the trade-off between people going, what have we brought him back? And people going, I told you we should never let him go. And uh, well, then he'll probably end up scoring a goal. If we buy a striker or we get a striker on loan, it's going to be in such immense pressure on them. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah well, right. the, the club will get, as we hinted, as I, I'll probably be one of the people criticising, there'll be criticism if we don't get anyone in. But then if we do get someone in and the poor sod doesn't score five goals in five games, we'll have got the wrong person in. So, I, It's but the, the, the loan system, nature of the beast of the loan system, I guess. The, I, I, I have problems with the whole loan system anyway. I think it's wrong that teams in the same division can loan players to each other yeah. there's something morally not quite right also who's going to loan Palace a player I mean surely no teams above us are going to let us have one no teams below are going to let us have one where are we actually going to well, get one from I don't know from Cambridge or somewhere I don't know it sort of seems almost pointless I, yeah, I know. It's, well I don't know it's, it's it's very, he's got a point to prove I guess you you, you loan somebody in from uh, a team abroad oh, oh okay but yes, I mean, the, the, the Murray thing is interesting because clearly Murray is you'd imagine a long way down the pecking order at Bournemouth so now. now yeah but then Murray might make more sense playing for Palace than he does playing for Bournemouth. If you don't know, it'd be an option, wouldn't it? It's an op- well, that's, a, that's an option, and that, as we've said week in week out, that's what we like. Different. I'm going to get a of abuse for this too. I'm no, sure it's an option. If oh, he goes incredible. on loan, he goes on loan. He'll go on loan to a Championship club. Yeah, he will. That's, that, that's what will happen. He will not come on loan back to us. Come on. 
But no, it's, it's an get, interesting... Get real, boys. Oh. No, he won't. Hey, it's, right. his it's his palace, though. <laughs> Anything yeah. can happen. It's, hey. it's, it's, it's palace world. It's an interesting point in that not, we haven't had any sort of wildly successful loan signings. And obviously the last one, Bamford went particularly badly wrong, ultimately. Yeah. Um, but it's always oh. going to be difficult for the reasons we've sort of Tom, set out there. Tom Ince. Tom Ince for started, one game. Started really well. One game. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and then, then faded away. But yeah, okay, Better one game. Yeah. Well, yeah, he scored a goal for us. Paul Stewart, he did well. It was 1994, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, next question then is from David Fraser. That's a good question. Hi, David. That was a good question to start with. Um, he says, is this Alan Pardew's first real test as Palace manager? Oh, that's a good question. He... <sighs> the fans of every club that Pardew's managed at will talk about the fact that his results tend to go in spurts you'll have a good run of results and then a bad run of results rather than one good one bad they always talk about the first 18 months being really really successful but yes of course it's his first test as he came in on a I don't think it's a I don't think it's a proper test he came in on a huge wave of goodwill mm-hmm. this time last year mm-hmm. he's been one of if not our most successful manager ever we've had a tremendous and I know Street he hates his phrase calendar year uh, no, we've, we have. Yeah, we've had a bit of a blip, so it's not really a test, and it's it'll, it, if it carries on for, for you know five, six, seven more games, then it's a test. But he's his goodwill at Palace is going to last for a long time. He's done. He's got far more in the credit column than he has in the, the debit column, and he's probably. I imagine he's looking for solutions and tearing his hair out as much as we are. And to be, to, you know, he's only had. A bit of what a tiny bit of a transfer window and a transfer window. He's still building his own mm-hmm. squad. I mean, a lot of these are players that he inherited, and he'll know himself that some of them aren't. And also, we've had some bad performances, but we've not been hammered by anybody, really. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. Well, Chelsea yeah. is a bit of an anomaly, really. Well, actually, I'm, I know we glossed over the Southampton game in the first part. We literally spent like two minutes talking about it. Um, literally, but, literally, but it was a good reaction. To the Chelsea game, yes, wasn't yes, it? it was, because we, did, very, yes. was, we said that was not yeah. fair. We got hammered, and actually we played very well. So and for all for all that people talk about Southampton being the team in the doldrums, they thrashed Arsenal over the exactly, the, yeah, the and they're so a very good team. They're a very good team. So home, it's so. probably not a slump, you know, in inverted commas, because we we, we can yes, react it, it, well, and hopefully we will against City. It, it's, I think it's more to do with the teams that we've lost against. If we if we'd played Everton, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea the last four games, fine. Yeah. But we've dropped. We've got two points from Swansea. Yeah, Bournemouth but that is so Palace. Well, it is. It is Palace. But as I said, we're almost only as good as the team that we're playing. Yeah, but as I tweeted, and the last, better the team, the better we play. But as I tweeted last night, I thought we'd put a stake through the heart of that old Palace. It's like, it, mm. well, we can't. In the end, we're not we going to progress. It's that. there, man. We're it's in the blood. Progress. It's in the red and blue. Well, the trouble is, the more successful we get, the more teams there are below us. That means the more games we'll lose. So, oh, so, so my, technically, my ticket so technically now. we want to be four from bottom. It's just those four teams we can win, we can beat. Well, it's still time. So, yes, basically. So I think that's, that's it's a reflection of the fact that we didn't score goals against teams. Because yeah. we in earlier in the season, we were doing well against the teams below us. Yeah. And we always looked like scoring, I think, yeah, well, yeah, in the last six weeks. We've not really looked we like scoring. Really we really haven't. Well, I mean, no, that's, do we have, it's not like we're not, we, yeah. we haven't been unlucky. We no, haven't exactly. been creating And that comes back to... It's not just a right striker we need, it's creativity in midfield. Yeah. And it comes back to when we've got the most creative midfield player we've had to raise, is why is he playing so far, so mm, deep? There's, there's all sorts of... I've yeah, it's really not, it's not as simple that. as buying a striker, it's, it's mm. as, as some sensible people said last night on Twitter. Um, I, I think there's a point as well, in, in terms of it, it is probably part of your 
biggest test tactically so far because if you play in a similar or the same way every week eventually teams do get wise to you and eventually you get found out a little bit and you've got to start sort of shifting up a little bit and an example of you know Wenger having done that a little bit over the last year or so he started making Arsenal play in a slightly different way they play a little bit more defensively now at times look to play on the counter they've, they've, they've shifted things up and they, they've tried to evolve their style Pardew's now got a little bit of a challenge on his hands because he, he's got to try and evolve a bit of a style there for Palace you can't keep relying on the fact that you're going to have Balassi fit every week and that you're just going to bomb the ball to the wings all the time sometimes you're going to have to be able to play through the teams and yeah. you're going to have to you know, have someone who can operate between the lines which Punchin hasn't been doing at times this season. Like it, it, it will be a bit of a test for him. I think he's, you know, Pardew's proven that he's a good Premier League manager. So it's not, it, it's he's got the wherewithal to, to be able to deal with that test. But um, it, it's, it's still one that he's going to have to grapple with. It comes mm-hmm. back to what you've always said about. I think it's fine to have a way a way of playing, but you also need a way of changing it if that way of playing is yeah. not working. Yeah. So I imagine somewhere there's probably a Leicester City podcast are having a similar conversation at the moment because they've stopped scoring goals. They've stopped, you know, their style of play has been found out. A little bit, you know, yeah. they, they had a great result against Tottenham, played really well. But before that, they they hit the same sort of blip that they were having. I think they went three games without scoring. Mm-hmm. They lost a couple. So, in, and like you said, yeah, the Premier League is a really good league, and other teams will will find a way of. And like us, they were overperforming earlier in the season. Yeah, You're always going to yeah. get yeah. our, our favourite phrase: regression yeah. to the mean event. Yeah. Your favourite phrase. <laughs> our yeah. favourite phrase. Um, next question then is from Sam. Hi, Sam. Sam. Sam says, with players like Kabai, Punchant and MacArthur, why are we so reliant on wide players? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. It's a question that's now going to reveal why we're not football coaches. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> well, I suppose you. one of the answers to that is with such good wide players, why haven't we got a goal-scoring centre-forward? That's the yeah. other thing. We... we We've got really good wide players, but how often do we see them putting crosses in? It, but it, 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 he's asked a question that we've been to he or she, sorry, Sam, has asked a question that we've been discussing all night. Is where the free players who talked about haven't been showing that creativity. Yeah. I suppose it's either that, intended, but that's partly isn't it, because as well, there's no who do they pass to? There's no target. They haven't got mm. they haven't got a Gale who's playing on the shoulder to play through balls through. They haven't got. You know, Shamak or Wickham hasn't been playing a player with their back to goal that you can mm. use as a straightforward target man, or a Murray that you can he- look for his head, which is part of the problem. But it's that is a conundrum that needs to be solved at a much higher pay range than the. the well, that's we're that's a, that 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 is the that's the test that Pardew's got, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, yeah. lose the last question. So, well, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, the problem is as well that it's accommodating. Because, yeah, Balassi's going to come straight back into the team, you can imagine. Yeah. Zahar's going to play. So you, if you've got those two wide men, it, 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 you lose the space. Where, you know, where do you find it? Where do you put the striker in? Where do you put, what do you do in the midfield? If, you know, and the, the, the na- it's the nature of wide men. They're not in the game as often as, as other players are. Mm. Unless you change the system. Unless you change the system as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's also kind of what, natural that, you know, players like MacArthur and Kabai, if they know they've got great options out on the wing to find, they'll they'll go to that repeatedly. Especially even if it's, even if it's yeah, not yeah, drilled. Yeah, you know, yeah, if, yeah, if you've yeah, got yeah, a yeah. six foot eight big man up front, yeah, it's yeah. inevitable that psychologically and subconsciously eventually you send about so you're just gonna start going, Meh, we'll start lobbing it up to the big man. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's inevitable that they'll find the easy out ball. Mm. And if they've got two wingers like Zahar and Blassie who they know can do things, it's inevitable that even if Pardew isn't telling them to put everything down the wings, which he probably is um, <laughs> yeah. the, the, they'll look for that ball anyway. Great, but, 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 but Balassi's been the easy out ball. 
Yeah, but the lass has been the kind of target man out of the women. Well, yeah, he has we, been, we yeah. know he can he can hold the ball and he's strong enough to to give you a bit of time. But that relies on if you if, if it's Balassi or if it's Wickham, it relies on the fact that the, the midfield players have then got to get ahead of them, mm. and that's what they haven't been doing. Yeah. Whereas, like you say, in the Newcastle game when MacArthur was yeah, doing yeah, it, but they were getting ahead. We're just very effective. Yeah, yeah. I blame yeah. it all on Hennessy personally. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. terrible footwork. Okay, uh, the next question is from Matt Philip Harris. Hi, Hi Matt Philip Harris. He says, if you could pick one past Palace player to replace someone in our current eleven, who would it be and why? <laughs> uh, I'll put Lombardo in goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. That's Probably a great question. question. I put Ian Wright up <laughs> front. I think, yeah, I think yeah, a striker. I think. Uh, or Peter AJ. Simpson up front. Yeah. Well, how can you say you never <laughs> saw Peter Simpson play? Oh, his dad talks about him all the time, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. But Ian Wright was on those players like Balassi it's just that he made things happen that shouldn't have happened it's yeah. just that energy that enthusiasm that infection well that's that's what we're missing ever since Balassi's yeah, been yeah. out we talked about it in the yeah. previous previous section it's, like, it's, it's that unpredictability and that energy and that that, that we're missing which Balassi brings to it and Ian Ian Wright had that about yeah. him I actually think very very frustrating a lot of the time yeah but I but, think I'm, much, I'm a much bigger fan of Balassi since he's been out than I was when he was in yeah, no, that's true. I, you know yeah. what? I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I've, I've realised how much we missed him. Yeah, but how much we need him. When other, he's than, not being... other than right, my first answer would, would, would be Lombardo, who could, another one who could just make things happen. Lombardo every now and again would just look around and see there wasn't a pass on and just carry the ball forward. Yeah. Mm. You know, in the same way that Johnny Williams perhaps could do. That's what. It's again, it comes back to options. There's always you play Lombardo in number ten, then. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, be, yeah definitely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Did he ever play as number ten? Well, I mean, we didn't. We so played a different system, didn't we? It's, it's a I can't even remember anyway, so we can play where we want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. True. And we were such a basket case of a team. Yeah, when we he was, were. When he was in, there. it doesn't really matter, does it? Andy, well, that's a good. Actually, that's a good question. What do you mean, Andy? I said Ian Wright. I oh yeah, 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 Ian Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we also did Ian Wright. We did. We did. I think Wrighty. I think Wrighty. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, I'd be disappointed in a few listeners if I didn't say Jerry Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Take out the wife, Jerry. Murphy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, for, his, for his work rate alone. The next <laughs> question is from John Hayward. Oh, hi, John. Hi, hey, John. John. I know that because he's signed off his tweet, John Hayward. Um, he says, as a team. Used to fighting for survival, has complacency set in? And as fans, do we have unreal expectations? I think, I think both yeah. of those are I very good, they're... very good points. I think they're both yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, I think they are. to an extent. If you bear in mind that this time in the past two seasons, we've been dead and buried almost, and we've embarked on a really exciting mm. time. Mm. And last week, I said maybe that will happen again, and we'll we'll go up to second or third. But I think. I think there is an element of complacency. I think for, for for the whole for the whole club, the whole team, I think there definitely is. Mm. Um, I think everything about the clubs get a little bit complacent. From the fans we were talking about in the last pod, yeah. I think everything yeah. was just it's got that complacency about it. But you know, and Palace are a team that are always better when their backs are against the wall. You know, always. Yeah, and the thing is, you kind of because we've sort of known that we're not go- we won't be going down for a while. But then I would touch with you. I thought we'd just MDF touch MDF foot. But, <laughs> but then it kind of then you kind of go. Well, what what are your targets then? What do you because yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Pardew would want us to be in the Europa League anyway. So then you go for the champion. I don't know. So you kind of you sort of fall between those mm. those two things. We're not going down. We're not. Parish always talks down. about always looking up, doesn't he? Always. Yeah, we to need to do. That's why it's important. That's why that your question about the FA Cup or finishing 11th is really an interesting one in the first part of the show because I generally don't know the answer but the FA Cup is the answer but I think his point is a very good one and that's again that's another reason why 
you think, go and get a shelvie and go and get. Mm. It doesn't have to be a strike. Go and get somebody who's going to lift the. Lift the club. Lift the club. As yeah. Much as anything else. Yeah, it, 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 it's the fans need lifting. Yeah, and it's, I think I think he would because he's a he's an, an aggressive little player. Well, we're not getting him. He's, I know, but he's he's a London boy. He's, he wants to get in the England team. It's like when you mentioned Johnny Williams. If you, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not saying he's the answer, but, but, but when he but came on the other oh, week, yeah, yeah, the whole ground exactly, was lifted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, and that's why, in a, in a way, we talked about the pressure on any striker who comes in on loan or, or we buy. Give one of the kids a chance, yeah, because yeah. there'd be no pressure on them whatsoever. Everyone will get behind them, and mm. it, it always gives everyone. A, the, mm. the, the one thing that you could say about Warnock was that he didn't have any choice, but he gave young players a chance, and it lifts everybody. It always, yeah, it for, always yeah. does. I could say but many we, things about Warnock. Yeah, we could do, but you're a lawyer, so you won't. But <laughs> but, but it, we just it does need something, and it might yeah. be a cup run. It might be yeah. It, it, needs, right. it just needs something to kick a bit of not enthusiasm because that's, no, that's no, still that's, there but it just it's it we're, in, we're in an odd situation where we're in limbo we've got, we're, it's almost like we're in we're limbo not, but we've, we've got what we wished for yeah yeah. in a way yeah. Yeah, but we want, and, it's, and it's great we, but, but as you said we want to keep moving forward of course yeah. want to get, I'm, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. we need to end up in the top four or anything like that but you yeah, want but to as, see as some, Andy said we are overperforming well massively we were, well we're not at the moment no <laughs> we haven't in done the five six weeks in the grand scheme of things in the grand scheme of things well yeah You've got to temper things a little bit. I mean, if you start the season in the manner that we did, people's expectations are going to rise. And that's fair enough. And that is fair enough. That is fair enough. And ultimately, then when you sort of go back to the level that you probably should be at anyway, then it becomes a little bit of a disappointment. I'd I'd rather We're all realistic. We're all realistic. You know, we're realistic. But of course you want the best for your team. Of course you want them to do well. Of course you you want... We want to overachieve. Yeah. Yeah. Of course we do. Yeah, facts. Because we haven't much in the past, have we? So, <laughs> yeah. okay. Got, um, these two questions were sent in a couple of weeks ago, and I forgot to read them out. And they're both brilliant. I'm going to do one. I think from yeah. Miles. What, what are you doing for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favourite moment of 2015? Um, Miles Loden. Hi, Hi Miles. Miles. Uh, he's put in 1991. We finished third in the top division. Mm. Two years later, we were relegated. Mm. Is there anything we can learn from our past on how to maintain success at the top level? While you guys are thinking what? about that, I've been uh, told that I have to apologise for saying that last season was our highest ever finish, which was a complete slip of the tongue uh, for uh, me. Premier League. Premier League. Apparently, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I intimated that uh, football was only invented in 1994, <laughs> and that was pointed out by Lee McBride. So sorry about that, guys. That's Back right. to the question. The, the thing about that 1991. Uh, team as James I'm sure will I remember it very well it, I mean it was a brilliant should have been in Europe we should have been in Europe we were cheating out of it by UEFA and Liverpool yeah. that's, that's true well uh, hey we were not an attractive team to watch and we overachieved we have, and we overachieved <laughs> but what, what we didn't do is that Ron Nodes refused to invest yeah and he publicly stated that at the time he refused to invest in buying new players which meant that the players we had Accused us rightly of lacking ambition, so that that team was broken up. One knows later on, ten years later on, argued that his financial common sense, a la Mike Ashley, saved the club at the time, and that he was not spending money we didn't have. But that team, that brilliant team, was virtually disbanded within. It was within within, within, within months, two yeah. seasons. So yeah. the big difference is that that we have more ambition now. We have we actually have money, and we can we can kick on. I think Nodes was in a situation where he he. He took the decision that we were massively out of our depth in a way that we didn't, we, we weren't a club that could sustain that level of football, and he wasn't going to spend money trying to do it. 
Yeah, um, you have to remember it was it was a long time ago, and the world was a different place. And also, you know, the the idea of going back down, going down, back, it, it was always like, well, we'll go next it, season yeah. or the season after. Where now it's you know it's it's a, it, it was a lot more difficult. It wasn't a disaster financially. Going yeah, back exactly. Those yeah. Days, days. Okay, um, Miles sent another question. Another good question. Yeah. I'm going to read his other question now next week because um, I've got we've only got a few more. This is a fantastic question from a, a guy with a brilliant name, Crispin Chapel. Hi, Crispin. Crispin. What a name. Hi, Crispin. This is great. Do you know if any on any other occasion where two teams have played each other, where one team strip was donated to the other in their history? Palace play in the colours they do, because as the Glaziers, way, uh, way back in the beginning of their time, Villa lent them their first ever strip to play the, in. The club set, first club secretary wow. yeah. came down from... Villa. He was headhunted from Villa, and he came down with a trunk of old uh, Villa kits. Yeah. Well, we did that to Barnsley only two seasons uh, ago, or three, uh, four seasons ago. Sorry, but really? yeah, the reason we let them are we'll let them are away kit yeah, to play. The reason Juventus wear black and white stripes is because Notts County, County, yeah. Notts County lent them a kit, mm. so it was quite old. This is see now you started me off now. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Football kits in the eighteen eighties and eighteen nineties were like really garish, like rugby. Like mm. Everton mm. used to wear salmon and blue quarters, and they were really. Uh, but there was a, there was quite a lot of teams lending each other sets of kit. So yeah, but we wore that claret and blue for twenty odd years, mm, yeah. and then started to get really inventive with our <laughs> kits for Changing a team of red. Yeah, so yeah, it's um, it's actually really quite common. If anyone's ever read Jonathan Wilson's book, Inverting the Pyramid, which is a little bit of a yeah. history of football, and he talks about how effectively, because obviously football was started in in England, a lot of the sort of badges that you see on the continent, a lot of stuff are linked yeah, yeah. to yeah. sort of those club names, their strips, etc. All oh, sort of derived from those original yeah, English clubs. Also, so, the, good uh, book, uh, worth reading. It's Thank very you. good book. In, in Spain and Italy, they call the manager Mister. Yeah. Because most of the first managers were English. Oh, wow. The one thing I haven't been able to find out about, because there was a Palace team in the 1880s and 90s, I can't find out what kit they wore. Ooh, if anybody oh, knows, yeah. were they were, were they workers from the so, yeah they were, the exhibition yeah. Uh, okay, well, well that's we, a good that's a good. Question. We will be dipping in back in time in in the next part, won't we? Oh, for uh, for in this week, yes, as I know, we I'd love do. To you on the train, and you wouldn't let me look at the book. I wouldn't no, because that was full of surprise. But the final question then this week, um, <laughs> and I apologise to people who did send questions. We can't read them all. We had loads this week, but thank you for your questions. But the final question is from Richie Wiseback. Oh, hi, Richie. Oh, Richie. Richie Wiseback. a regular for sending questions in, and he says. Uh, with the news this week uh, that David Bowie very sadly passed away, which Bowie song best represents our effort against first Southampton and secondly Villa? <laughs> oh, crikey, that's a difficult I, I tell you what, well, I between think the two, if, cha- if changes only we had someone <laughs> changes, <laughs> changes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We've only had an expert on. Uh, uh, I think on this one we might defer to someone. JD, I think. I wonder if James could uh, first of all, though, uh, I think elaborate I, on how he was introduced on LBC this week. Oh yeah, I was. Intru- I was. I, I, <laughs> James I did, is known as the Fat White Duke, of course, which is a paraphr- paraphrasing the, the thin white Duke, the thin white Duke, and I was. Got a phone call from LBC uh, News on uh, Monday evening about five o'clock. Asked if I would do an, an interview about Bowie and what it meant to me and to people. Da, 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 da. And uh, the guy who was presenting the show uh, introduced me as um, James Endicott, who's uh, worked with lots of bands in the past, like the Libertines and the Strokes, and is also known as the Fat White Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not really a song. I think it's more of an album title. It's obviously be the rise and fall of Crystal Palace and the boys in red and blue. Yeah, spot on. Well, we should play. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> spot on. We should play the London Boys as a yeah, the London Boys uh, as a play out track. Can we do maybe that? Are, you, are you pretty yeah, pretty things for Saturday and then? Mm, yeah. 
Possibly, yeah. But yeah, yeah the rise and fall of Crystal Palace and the boys in red and blue. Very good. Well, uh, is there a Bowie song? You're an expert. Is there a, I think Hunky Dory had a song called Fallen Off a bit lately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, reverted to the mean. That was it, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, dogs, very, yeah. very sort of lost, um, lost, lost track. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's from the data years. Hungry for my brain. Really into football analytics and spreadsheets. <laughs> Right, thank you for your questions, if listeners. Bit, if there's a better bowie loot, then I'm hungry for my gravy. <laughs> hungry for my gravy. <laughs> thank you for your questions, <laughs> listeners. In part three, we're going Good back in time. Fantastic questions this week, and apologise to ones we couldn't read out. We're going back in time for In This Week, so join us in a bit. Hello, listeners, welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Well, hi. Hey, 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 good. Um, we're going to go back in time for part three. Oh, sponsored by Vector Printing. For all your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. Will do. Good. Uh, time to go back in time for In This Week. Uh, we're going to get in our time machine. <laughs> Don't know what that is. Um, to go back to... The th- Can I go back to oh. like uh, Monday night before the villa? Yeah. <laughs> if only. Yeah. We're going to go back to Friday the thirteenth of January. Ooh. A bit spooky, and that that ties in nicely because we signed. What, what year? What year? Nineteen ninety-five. Oh, okay. Who did Who did Palace sign from Southampton for four hundred thousand pounds? Ninety-five. The Rocket Man. <laughs> Ian Dowie. Ian Dowie. Oh, did we? Oh wow! Yeah. We're in the Premier League. That, that, yeah. yeah. He only played for us for like six months, didn't he? Because he left at the end of that season. Yeah. Yeah. We actually signed him. Yeah, we signed him. That's interesting. And then he went straight off to West Ham afterwards, I think, didn't he? Again, I'll probably get a, a, a stroppy email yeah. in on that. But uh, yeah. You know, he once scored like a bicycle for Palace. Remember away at Wolves in the Cup, which must have been that year yeah. where all the goals were brilliant. They were brilliant goals, yeah. And mm. Pitcher scored from like 40 yards, yeah, and then yeah. Armstrong got it stuck in the That's stanchion, right. and Dowie scored a bicycle. Oh, I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, he scored in an FA Cup semi final for Palace. Oh, yeah. At Villa Park. The first time that we played Man United. Yeah. In that, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that, horrible, sadly, infamous horrible. game, yeah. but he, he yeah. scored in that. Okay, another transfer. Two days later, but in 1998, so two days and three years later, um, Palace smashed their transfer record by bringing in who? Valerian Ishmael. Ishmael. Wow. Any idea how much it was? So 3.25. Yeah. No, less than that. Was it? 2.75. 2.75 million. Yeah, it seemed a lot at the time, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went on to get a Champions League winner's medal, though. He did. He was, without a doubt, I don't know what went wrong with our scouting system then. It went wrong but then. But that was just horribly... Horrible. I remember that he played in that game against... It was a home... It was a... It was on Sky. Wimbledon. Home against Wimbledon. Mm. Carl Lieber got a hat trick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't think he got a. Oh, he might have done, actually. I think yeah, he, he might did. have done. I mean, he did. And that was. Oh, that was just one That's of the, one of the worst games I've ever without seen. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without, as well as the time they beat us, I think, five minutes at this part. It's interesting because he, he clearly went on to become a good player. There's lots of sort of thinking around helping players to integrate. And you do wonder whether, had, you know, Club's been a bit more advanced at that stage in terms of helping players to adapt to come from a foreign country in terms of you know settling in with a house and all yeah, that sort yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, which which that we now have like liaisons officers at, at clubs to what? help deal with that sort of stuff, but they didn't in those days. Well, I don't think wasn't it? I think I don't think we had any sort of European or foreign scouting system at all. We it was all videos in those days. Yeah. It was just sending certain people at the club 
video said he's Wait, a really are good you player. saying that we didn't do due diligence and it's Zach Zygott yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, anyone did yeah <laughs> yes exactly what I'm saying I'm saying there are reasons that players were signed for yeah but let's not <laughs> let's just imply it there's, there's, an, there's one here from something, the 16th of January something in a gold wheelbarrow full of cash ok we're moving on uh, there's one here from the 16th of January that Andy alluded to I think a few weeks ago Palace were dumped out of the FA Cup in a third round replay against Port Vale losing 4-3 after extra time who got only a second of a goal for Palace was it Gareth Taylor again yeah and it oh. says this prompted a number of iconic t-shirts made up bearing legends I saw Taylor's Taylor score, score yeah. <laughs> which his dad got upset about <laughs> really yeah yeah. Um, 1981, 17th of January, fift- just 15,000 people turned up at Selhurst to witness whose last game in charge of Palace. 1981, 17th of January, 15,000 Castrat Palace Sadly We're given a shot in the arm The least we can do To our listeners is oh, <laughs> Says the guy that pronounced it Albeit Yeah because it's pronounced Albeit That's why <laughs> Albeit yeah. I know exactly what you're going to say It was Matt Janssen Being sold to Blackburn Oh 4.1 million pound Which is a lot of money JD's favourite player my favourite my favourite player. players actually well because yeah. you, you look a bit like him don't you yeah, well, I try and style the hair but like yeah. him yeah, I, did, I have done since I was 14 um, he was I was he convinced was he was going to be an England yeah. well he, I think oh, he yeah. was until he yeah. had that accident that while he was at Blackburn yeah. he was, was going to be you, was it Carlisle we got him from yes yeah. for a million pounds yeah and how much did we sell it to Blackburn for? Four. 4.1. But you know the That's weird thing about Janssen? That was a lot of money then, wasn't it? It was a lot. I mean, a lot we of money, yeah. But the weird thing about Janssen is... That was a lot of money then, Grandad, wasn't it? Yeah, I saw <laughs> it. <laughs> Fred, was, Fred was, what, three, <laughs> three pair loaf in there, wasn't it? I used to get chips But we, like... Janssen, I think, is still a player that a lot of Palace fans really, really took to their hearts. Yeah. And he only actually... How many games do you think he played to Palace? Not many, actually. I don't think he played that many for us. Oh, I'm going to guess... Did full season? No, because he started in the Premier League and he played good few that season and then the, it was the following season we went into administration so I'm going to guess like 32 33 oh <laughs> he only played 33 games at Palace and yet he's someone that you across know if you talk about favourite players across two seasons across uh, two sort of half seasons I guess really scored right. 11 goals and yet you know he's someone that if you ask about your favourite Palace players he'll be in a lot of no we ask you well me no, obviously no, no, for me I loved it it amazes me only played that many games wow. and I don't, I don't think Lombardo played many I don't think Lombardo played many more we do love yeah. a cult hero who plays hardly any games at Palace don't yeah. we well maybe, yeah, but that I think, goal I think, goal I think goal we need one now he said he scored 11 in 33 that's pretty good that's not bad for a player that wasn't even really a striker in a struggling team was attacking yeah. well forwards well he was kind of like the Doogie Freeman type yeah exactly player, <laughs> yeah um, now we normally end these on uh, a Brighton a Palace Brighton score from back in the day but I can't find one so oh, I'm sorry, there wasn't one there wasn't one in this week well so. what, what you did well there was to draw attention to that <laughs> yeah, rather sorry. than just not doing it well let's we? end on the Matt Janssen memory yeah then, yeah, um, yeah. Well, well, jolly good memory there yeah. we go and what a player he was for Palace he was. Um, and he now was. a manager at Chorley I believe is he? in non-league or conference or something. Oh, I should have researched that, that. Yeah, you should. but uh, yeah. best of luck to him whatever he's doing these days well um, you know exactly what he's doing because you stalk him for legal purposes I cannot confirm that right that is the end of In This Week. Thank you for going back in time with us, listeners. In part four, we're going to look forward to Palace's trip to Man City. 
Um, which, thank you for taking <laughs> time with us. I don't know. <laughs> thank you for still listening to the yeah, pod at this point. So it was bizarre but polite. Thank you for coming. Thank you for not what, switching to off. To be fair, it's what Doctor Who never does. He never thanks. Exactly. He never ever exactly. thanks people. Thank you for coming back exactly. and time me. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. why it's not a very good show. Yeah. time, Lord. Part four. We're going to look forward to Man City away. So, Jonathan, a bit. Back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. We're nearly done. Yeah, right. We're nearly nearly there. Uh, Pod one six four sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Oh, sorry, scores. I know. I don't. Where was I? JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. And vector printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's vector with a K. 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 And K. Correct. Uh, Palace's next game is away at Man City in the league. Um, We spoke about the Chelsea game and how the reaction at Southampton was good to having an off day against Chelsea. We had another off day against Villa. Uh, What can, given given how good City are and how well they're playing, what's the best we can expect or hope for from from Palace? You know, I'm I'm much cheerier than I was before I started this pod. Just being in in the company of Palace fans. And I suppose if we talk about typical Palace, you wouldn't be surprised if we went up. But I'm a. The form we're in, it does. It just worries me that City only have to score one mm-hmm. to win, yeah. basically. Uh, and you can't see them not. I can't see us playing as bad as we played against Villa. No, that's for sure. You, I, I would. You'd, you'd imagine a low-scoring defeat mm-hmm. is what you'd imagine. We've never won at the Etihad, have we? We haven't played no, them haven't, but, many uh, times. Our record against Man City has not been particularly good away from home. Um, we do we do tend to play better against good sides City will give us a little bit of space but just at the moment as you say without Balassi without mm. it's hard to see where goals mm. are coming from for us it's almost like we're almost sort of going into it aiming for a nil-nil I think we've already. got to, I just yeah, I think, think we are going into it looking for a performance I, yeah, think, that's uh, what, that, you, I think that's what we're yeah, looking for yeah. it's almost I'm not saying the result is irrelevant it's not irrelevant of course because it's a points game but I just think we're looking for a performance I think I'd, I'd like to come back here next week and we all just like look at each other going well you know what mm-hmm. at yeah. least it, at least they had the bit between their teeth and, and went for it yeah. and, and and just show some show some sort of thought which seems to be lacking against Villa didn't yeah. seem to thought about what was going on you were saying yourself you were there nobody seemed to know mm-hmm. who was up front what was in the midfield what was going on nobody really knew what was going on I'd like to see the team organised and just get into it well, maybe it'd be easier because you know what you're going to get against City. That's Whereas true. Villa, Villa were a kind of but Villa started off playing quite well was a sort of unexpected. Yeah, exactly. You didn't. It was an unknown sort of quantity, but I, I think we've got two really difficult games mm-hmm. coming up. Well, with Bournemouth. I mean, but I haven't said that at the start. Of the, I mean, bear in mind we were playing better at the start of the season. We all thought that run at the start was going to be difficult. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Those games and, and Palace came through it very well. And if we can come through this next run of games and, and not be too shattered in terms of confidence and injuries and, and whatever, then the rest of the season's looking okay, isn't if it? We could, if, we, yeah. if we came away for the next two games with two points, I'd be over the I'd moon. be very happy. Yeah. yeah, I think I would too. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is there anything you guys would, would change in terms of personnel or lineup for the City game? I know we're limited with injuries. Yeah, we are limited. 
I, I think Saka will start of his. I don't know. It, it, no, in fact, I don't. I, I think you'll start. I think you'll probably you start. Campbell. Campbell actually played quite well against Southampton. And and was doing what Sacco wasn't doing on Saturday, which was yeah. running the line and yeah, hassling yeah, defenders yeah. and offering an outlet. He might not score, but he does do those other bits and offer even just like you said in part one, mm. a bit of energy around the team. Yeah, yeah. Like, which something was, that yeah, yeah. Team, which was missing on yeah, on, yeah. on Tuesday. So is, is he worth a start, Andy? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, the brick wall for that question. A brick you know, you're not going to start. I, I, I take your point, and I think he's a far better number nine playing in that team than Sacco, who I, I've spoken about before. But if Wickham's fit, you start him. Surely, yeah, start, yeah, yeah. Start, yeah. Because start he, he does Wickham. he yeah. does the stuff that Campbell does, but actually uh, knows yeah. how to play football, which mm, yeah. is you know a bit of a bonus for a striker. And he will Wickham will hold the ball up yeah. while whoever it is trundles forward to. And it worries that Wickham won't be. Won't be fit to start. Yeah, and again, he's not. The trouble is, we haven't got any impact players as subs. You know, Wickham, Shamak, Campbell, Sacco, none of them are players that you'd have on the bench to bring on if you're no. in trouble. So Much. Jenna. Like, well, you know, they're yeah. all squad yeah. players, really. Yeah, we're good, we're, we're, you know, we're, I mean, they're good squad players. That's hard from Jenna. That's no, hard no, from we're, we're, a, we're, a, we're a good, strong, competent team, but Man City are one of the better teams in Europe. With mm-hmm. a chance of winning the Champions League, mm-hmm. so if we do lose to them, it won't be any disgrace. You only, again, it's a question we always say: how many of their it's team, how, how many of their team would get in our team? And the answer is probably all of all them. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Basically, how many of our first eleven would get in theirs? Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, push. Possibly Balassi. Possibly, but he's yeah. not fit. So, you know, Dan and Delaney might be because they're struggling for centre backs. But yeah, the answer is that pretty much in every position they've got better players than we have. And but then they did when they came, team. you know, when they yeah, came. Yeah, to but sell that, us doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't get a good result yeah. out there. But it's just it means that's how realistic we have to be. You're looking forward. Remember, we, we went there in the first promotion season under Pulis, and we went there and we lost one nil, but we played. played we well, should have won. Yeah, played well exactly. until they scored, and yeah. we, had, we had a much worse yeah. squad and yeah, team yeah, that yeah. day. We, yeah. you, you want that kind? That of is the thing. The thing about this Man City team is they are they are a brilliant team, but they do have their off days. They do, and they really do have. And it's not just. Away that and they can see they, they can see goals yeah. as well. And, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think I think as James says, it's going to be the approach. You're just looking for a reaction. You're just oh, that, looking that, that's to what see. We're looking for, yeah. You want to see that they're cross. You want to see that they're annoyed. You want to see mm. that they've taken on board the criticism. Yeah, basically. Good. And, and you want to see Hennessy's footwork improve yeah. the street he's like. I want to see him dancing in the six yard box. <laughs> Even then, he won't be dancing correctly. For no, no, of course he won't be. No, he'll be all Len Goodman on him. Yeah, <laughs> he, had his, he had his heels on his on the floor with his toe and everything. Len Gandhi, yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that reference. <laughs> Doing the Len Gandhi stance. Don't worry. No, <laughs> there'll be a, there'll be a, there'll be a few listeners out there. Know what I'm talking about when I say the Len Gandhi. Most of them will be googling it. Yeah, right three now. or four that'll get it. That'd be really, that'd be really happy. There'll be three or four households over South London exploding with mirth and joy. The other the other five thousand will be going. What's, what's, granddad, what's Granddad talking about now? They had what sort of biscuits in them days? Right. Uh, <laughs> I think you need to stop this now. Yeah, we do because I don't know where this is going. Uh, good. Okay. You've lost, you've lost the two old ones. I um, I think that, that's a good point. Well, I say it's oh, a, it's eight points in the home one day, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're going to wrap up the pod there. Um, chaps, thanks for joining for for joining me, um, listeners. Thank you for listening and for your questions. Uh, we will we will return after the Man City game. Uh, to hopefully talk over Palace's shock but welcome victory yeah, I don't know why I said that I've just changed it um, thanks for listening <laughs> and we're playing out with a David Bowie song which Kevin can introduce London Boys yeah Good any, any particular reason 
Well, just because he's he's a from London. He made me very proud to be from South London. He was he was a a true. I very rarely say the word genius, but he was a true genius. I had two reasons for being proud of South London when I was growing up. Palace was one of them. Bowie was the other. So enjoy. strikes another night your eyes are heavy and your limbs all ache you've bought some coffee butter and bread you can't make a thing cause the meat is dead you've moved away don't you folks you're gonna stay away Bright lights, Soho, Wardour Street You hope you make friends with the guys that you meet Somebody shows you round Now you've met the London boys Things seem good again Someone cares about First time that you tried a pill, you feel a little queasy, decidedly ill. You're gonna be sick, but you mustn't lose face. To let yourself down would be a big disgrace with the London boys. With the London boys. You're only 17, but you think you've grown In the month you've been away from your parents' home You take the pills too much You don't give a damn about the job you've got So long as you're with the London boys Flashy clothes are your pride and joy A London boy, a London boy You're crying out loud that you're a London boy You think you've had a lot of fun But you ain't got nothing, you're on the run It's too late now, cause you're up there, boy You've got it with the rest of the toys Now you wish you'd never left your home You've got what you wanted back your on your own With the London boys Now you've met the London boys Now you've met the London boys Now you've met the London boys Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. 
Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sports Social Podcast Network.